0: You know, I heard Skinner say the teachers will crack any minute. (laughs) Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Thank you for joining me today, man. It's my pleasure, Al. Uh, This is great. You've picked one of my favorite episodes, too. And we were just speaking uh, off camera here about how funny this episode actually is going back and watching it. This is Deep Space Homer. What uh, stands out to you most? Well, uh, there's a couple things I like about it. Uh, One of the things
1: I really like is that it's sort of a big circle uh in later episodes they'll have sort of a, a very an opening gag after the couch gag but they'll have an opening little bit that will then be completely unrelated to the rest of the story Bart will be doing something and they're like move aside time for the rest of the story but this episode it, it starts with homer in the his work yard and it's all about uh, the inanimate carbon rod yeah, and how it loops all the way back to not at the very very end, but right before the the last gag about an inanimate carbon rod and the Time magazine in Rod We Trust. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of the the good parts. The other one is it just it's so full of jokes, and it's it's different types. Some of them are uh, sort of clever misdirect type jokes. There's a few. Subtle political jokes, like when he calls Bill Clinton and Mm -hmm. says, if anyone knows where to get some tang, it'll be you. (laughs) And, I mean, of course, one of the most uh, quotable lines is, I for one welcome our new ant overlords, which has been parody. That said, probably the bit I like the best is they have special guests, and unlike in in later seasons where they're like, oh, you're going to play a character. They're like, we have Buzz Aldrin. He's going to play an astronaut. We have James Taylor. That's just the bit where... James Taylor tells them that uh, he's not as laid back as he seems and they're just going to yeah. float there and listen to his music and he plays his song. And then the astronauts and the ants and the potato chips are all just, just floating in space with sort of stern expressions. like literally everybody just stopped. I, that's probably just the, that and just so many quotable lines. I mentioned one, um, default, the two sweetest words in the English language.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, It was Earth. No, you ruined it. (laughs) And um, forget what the other one, but it's just sort of, it's so like the one criticism, as I was mentioning before, is that there's almost too many jokes for, almost too many jokes for this uh, length of time. It's like if you expanded it another five, 10 minutes, just because the way watching it, it just goes so, so quickly that it's sort of like you almost don't have time to stop laughing before uh, you get to the next one. But it's, it's just a, a very, very solid episode
0: uh, throughout. Yeah, I was saying before, I, I was taking notes because usually before the podcast, I'll watch the episode and take notes of my favorite parts of the episode or favorite jokes whatever and I was just like I literally ran out of room on the page trying to keep up with the episode like I had to pause the episode and be like because there was jokes going off over and over and I needed to write them down like it's, uh I think as a kid growing up I really liked this episode but I didn't realize how funny it actually was until I go back and watch it now um so I just wanted to catch up the listeners this is season five Episode 15, Deep Space Homer. This is obviously the one where Homer becomes an a- astronaut. Um, it was originally debuted February 25th, 1994. And the guest stars, as already mentioned, Buzz Aldrin and James Taylor, which is hilarious. Just two mm-hmm. random people to get. And then, yeah, the James Taylor cameo, where he actually gives them the idea, to to create the vacuum. What in, in reference to... Uh... <laughs> When there was um, ants
1: at his vineyard, Art Garfunkel created a vacuum, <laughs> yeah. and then when it goes wrong, James Taylor just just runs away. Yeah, it's, he just
0: this unkempt youngster uh, has a point.
1: <laughs> he, well, that <laughs> was that was just great. The character of the, the the sergeant or whatever his rank was, for lack of a better word, yeah. And, well, that was the line I was thinking. of said, "Gentlemen, you're both winners, but in a more accurate <laughs> way." Barney, Barney is the winner. Yeah. It, it, oh, and, and the little parodies that they do of... Um, and again, this is where the little subtle humor comes in. The one of uh, Home improvements where he runs over Wilson and says, I guess I'm going back to jail. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the the Married with Children one, which got the tone absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. Ugh,
0: new pig. Yeah, and, the toilet and, and then
1: And it's just the fact that the, the laughter is way too much for the joke. Yeah, but it just flushes the toilet and it's just like it's and again the fact that uh, this is NASA watching these and they're just like I don't get it and then Homer calls them again it's just so how did you get this number shut up <laughs> anyways go,
0: go on another uh like funny quote from the episode is um when they're watching Itchy and Scratchy and then at the end, it's just like, the preceding program contains violence. It shouldn't be viewed by your children. Shouldn't have been viewed, yes. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't have been viewed by your no, children. That's,
1: it's, and again, it's 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 just sort of very quick, very subtle, or I like the bit where I didn't write down what she said, but Lisa, when Homer's going through the air, she says sort of like this
0: beautiful poem. And then yeah. sort of, everyone looks at her and she's like, go, dad, go. <laughs> yeah. Even at the beginning, another big uh, gag we missed was when uh, Bart writes on the back of Homer's head and then he's spinning around and they all just, they slowly stop laughing. <laughs> They're like, oh no. Oh, that's, 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 <laughs> although I think the, the first, maybe not the very
1: first one is, but when, when uh, Mr. Burns comes out and says, uh, whoever can bring me the head of Colonel Montoya <laughs> and then this person is aware gets a shiny new burrow by which I mean, it's time for employee of the month. Yeah. Cause they're talking about how anyone, every employee must win the employee of the week award at least once,
0: regardless of like body odor and such. And it just, oh, it's. The only thing about that is Homer's definitely won the award before in previous episodes. I think there was the uh what was the one episode? Uh what about the one where he he grows the hair? Wasn't he made like executive? And like uh I remember it was uh, always uh Smithers was employee of the month for yeah, yeah, them until Homer. You you are right. Uh when he got the demoxinil. Yeah, demoxinil, that was the one. Yes, and also assistant. Wait, what about when he saved the plant from the meltdown? I'm pretty sure he got employee of the month or something, employee of the week.
1: It's yeah. possible that got revoked off, uh, considering he, he used the eeny, meeny, miny, mo. What did you just do? <laughs> uh, just press, mo. You know what? That's a good point. He probably got that taken away from him. But you're, you're right. Uh, so this goes for me from an A
0: double plus to an A one and a half pluses. <laughs> This just reminds me of another Simpsons quote from a later episode where the guy's like, point out your plot holes That (laughs) is, I think that's the one where Homer has the crayon in his nose and then he gets it taken out and he becomes becomes smart. Yeah, Yeah. Too smart for his own good. Yeah. There's the Simpsons theory actually that they're all geniuses that are just kind of like repressed basically. Um. It's obviously just a fan theory. Yeah, it's just a, a fan theory. But that, you know, Marge is like kind of artistic and then she doesn't follow her gift of being you know, a painter. She just paints Ringo Star. And then uh, Homer is smart, apparently, when you take the crayon out. And uh, he has his moments
1: like where he, he takes the baptism for uh, Bart. Yeah, And then he, sa- he makes a reference to Thomas Aquinas and Flanders is like, what? And then he's like, Sit, and then he just sort of says something very Homer and it's like
0: oh they're always too making references to how they're passing over that uh, like like Maggie's gifted she's always doing stuff in the background of blocks and stuff like spelling out words and then they're just ignoring her for sure and and Bart says lines like I'm familiar with the works of
1: Pablo Neruda <laughs> yeah when he's talked to Lisa talked about him saying the eyes are the windows of the soul I'm familiar with the works so. <laughs> of. Oh, oh yeah it's But I mean, that's part of what makes this show great is that it's sort of dumb, but they'll have these moments where um, they'll, they'll have these moments where they do something that seems incredibly intelligent and they're self-aware enough to get it. Like uh, in the episode where um, Homer said that with all the pollution in the air, the the meteorite that was gonna hit them would probably be no bigger than the size of a chihuahua's head. And when that's exactly what happens, uh, he's like, I know, I'm scared too. So it's it's they 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 play with that.
0: And uh, I remember so just- I remember seeing Deep Space Homer like growing up and thinking like this is maybe one of those uh, episodes that's like far fetched for the fifth season. Like uh, you'd never see that happen. You'd never see like a, a normal man go into space. And then now with everything that happens today with celebrities becoming the most you know famous for nothing and like i could see it i could see like a normal person going into space
1: well i mean you have to have a decent
0: amount of money but uh, oh yeah like i think it become maybe it becomes one of the things The simpsons predicts like a couple wow. of years from <laughs> if you have 600
1: shows then uh you're gonna predict
0: a lot of things Oh, that's what I always say. I'm like the Simpsons don't predict anything really, as much as the futures just predictable. Oh like yeah. that those are really those are twenty smart writers writing every single show for thirty years. Like they're gonna predict some stuff, or there's gonna be stuff that crosses over. And like, part of part of being a
1: successful show is being able to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on now they weren't as as topical as some shows where they're like oh not like law and order when it was all uh ripped from the headlines stuff Mm -hmm. but it's sort of they they know what what's funny Uh, at least in the early first 10 seasons or so they had the idea of what was funny and so they they'll throw in references that again we're talking to some of the the references here they go is this something people will get and so it's sort of like, yeah, and if you pay attention to what happens, you can do that. And then again, it's just if you say if every in terms of predictions, if you say every Simpsons episode, well, you could lay out everything it predicts. It'd be like, I don't know, 30 things an episode, 600 episodes. You'd pay yeah. it, was that either was that 18,000 or 180,000 predictions here and say, you know what, if I played 50 lotto tickets every time they had a lotto draw, there's a decent chance I'd eventually win. So it's just sort of and and it's it's all sort of revisionist, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Willie did this, and then a Scottish guy did this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're like, there's a lot of people in Scotland.
0: Yeah, and they really do reach for things, like, right now with the Kamala Harris thing. Like, it's just, like, it's really First Lady or, you know, a woman in that kind of power would wear that kind of suit. Like, it's not that predictable. But, or It's not that, like, out there that they predicted that, <laughs> like... For, for sure. She's wearing a purple suit and how many years ago, 1996, Lisa wore a suit. I think it's just because she mentions the Trump line, like we in, inherited a crisis from President Trump or whatever.
1: Yeah, and it's but, something if, if you, I'm sure they if you look through a lot of them, the thing that they predict, they would contradict with a different prediction mm-hmm, Yeah, and then say, oh, well, eventually you would get a president wearing a pantsuit or
0: not, not 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 quite yet but uh halfway there there are some like cool predictions one thing I, one i really like is the predicting autocorrect is where uh they type in the beat up martin and it comes out eat up martha oh, oh yes on, on his uh, his his newton yeah his, his newton his, his pda yes yeah and that was like a kind of a prediction that would come with autocorrect which is i think is a funny one I'm just waiting
1: until we get uh, the Homer's car
0: from that
1: episode with
0: with the two separate bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised like someone's had to have made a version of that just to display or something.
1: You'd figure there's been enough Batmobiles that uh, they would. I'm sure someone did it just uh, for for the heck of it. But
0: uh, any day now, uh, we're all gonna be driving in that played La Cucaracha on our horns. I, I forgot about that. And yeah, the two separate bubbles and it ruins the whole company. He wanted rack and peanut steering. Rack and peanut steering.
1: <laughs> Did you mean rack and pinion? Yeah, what I, that's what I said. <laughs> it was, well, he he made his money back later on, but that's that's a
0: separate episode. Who knows? Maybe, maybe if I get a chance, we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, those were two good episodes. I like the one where he comes back, too. Uh, going back to Deep Space Homer, I'm just going to go over um, some of the references. Obviously, this one's full of them, the cultural mm-hmm. references. Um, the title is obviously a reference to Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, it's, the whole episode is a reference to space movies, Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, it literally, literally ends on the space baby.
0: There's the Planet of the Apes reference with the You Blew It Up. Um, yep. There's him turning into Richard Nixon and also Popeye. For sure. Uh, during the Itchy and Scratchy episode, there is a reference to the alien chest-bursting scene. Yep. There's a reference to the Beverly Hillbillies for a quick second. We're going. Yes, I okay. completely forgot about that one. but. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we talked about the references to home improvement and uh, married with children. Uh, the President Clinton, which we you, you said off the top, is one of the best lines in the episode. You can miss it if you don't, you know, listen for it. Oh, well, as a kid, uh, you're just yeah. like because I
1: I grew up in the '80s, so I I knew of Tang. Yeah, but uh, as, as an adult, you're like. And even
0: as a kid, you would miss it just thinking like, oh, he's talking to the president. Like, obviously, the president would know where to get something. Like, you don't actually even see the reference. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so one mistake they made. In other episodes, there's pictures of Homer in outer space. Like, from outer space. It's like, who took that picture? Especially the episode with Frank Grimes. That's the one I'm thinking of. Frank Grimes comes in and he's like, He's like, you've would you been like in to- space? He's like, yeah, you haven't. Would you like to see Miami? <laughs> yeah, would you like to see Miami? Or no, his his Grammy, excuse yeah. me. Oh, yeah, my Grammy, yeah. <laughs> he, tried
1: to, he tried to throw it away, and they're like, hey, don't
0: throw your trash down here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's one thing, too. And there's the uh, the one scene where Homer is flung out, out of the uh, shuttle, and he's hanging on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to them watching him, like from a different angle, like from yeah. an outside angle. And I'm like, "Ooh, that was kind of a a wrong." Now, obviously, obviously, I'm pointing out very minuscule plot holes in a otherwise like perfect cartoon. So, for for sure, and I mean, yeah. that's a certain
1: part of where it's a cartoon. It doesn't, it's not doesn't have to make a hundred percent sense. If this was a feature length film, then.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the same with uh, everyone. I always go back to this. Everyone talks about the Principal in the Pauper episode where they change the, uh, where they say that uh, Principal Skinner's arm in Tam's Arian. They give him a whole new backstory, basically. Hey, uh, hey. That's basically where people say it started to go downhill and where they kind of lost a step. And I don't really think that like I don't think that's that bad of an episode because first of all it's The Simpsons and it's a cartoon and it doesn't have to have like continuity into the next episode completely. Like, the 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 real uh, Skinner in that episode
1: looks, if I recall correctly, looks a lot like uh, the the NASA guy in this one. He does actually. That's <laughs> true. Well, I mean that's I think just a product of there's only. There's a certain style of drawing and you know there's a certain style of drawing and you've done enough episodes by that
0: point that's like yeah you're gonna have people who look yeah that's like the high-ranked guy in the military that's how they look pretty much. <laughs> like that yeah for for sure yeah and yeah people just think that that was an episode because they pretty much rewrote the backstory of principal skinner but then at the same time, I'm like, I might—I think there was a lot of character development in that episode where, like, Agnes Skinner starts to, like, you know, realize she needs to show him love and he left because no one ever tells him that they love him and stuff like that. And same with Edna. and Like, I thought it was actually a pretty good episode. And then everyone, yeah, everyone just talks about, like, how it ruined the backstories. Like, this is a cartoon where, remember, in Realty Bites, like... Uh, Kirk Van Houten gets his arm cut off. Like this is, it's a cartoon. <laughs> I think
1: maybe the best example of that I can think is the one where um, oh, I forget what it's called, but where at the end Homer and Flanders are friends and Lisa's like, or ah. is like, is this the end of our weekly adventures? I don't know. Then it says, uh, I think it was on NBC at that time, it's like NBC six thirty-five p.m. The next time he's like shut up Flanders and they just have a, uh, a sigh and they're, they'll do things like that to say look this is a this is a TV show it's you know how does Homer still have a job after making that many mistakes at, mm-hmm. at the plant it's just yes. sort of yeah and it's that's the one with Skinner and I mean they even put it at the end they're like no um, where the, the the judge's like oh she'll never reference Armand Tanzerian again <laughs> yeah. and then he's and he says I'm going to be different and his Mom is like, "No, no, no you're not." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, okay. There's sort of a subtle nod saying, "Like this is, it's not a bottle episode." I mean, but it's sort of like, "Yeah, this is a show that doesn't have big, huge, long arcs." It's every episode is intended to stand on its own, but well, excluding like the two-parters, like who shot uh, Mister Burns. But they'll reference back to other stuff. But it's not something that you're like, "Okay."
0: Uh, intended to be following long character arcs. Yeah, I never got that like either that impression either that they were ruining the story by doing that one episode because I actually just kind of thought it was kind of a parody on the fact that they bring in new characters to try and almost like the Poochie episode where they bring in a character and they're like, this doesn't work. Done. (laughs) Like... You
1: hate it when they have characters that come in and then are like, hey, hey, Roy. And he's just there and he disappears or they hate crossovers and the critic.
0: Well, that was a whole thing with Fox. I'm reading books on on The Simpsons a lot now that are written by the writers. And uh, like the whole Poochie episode was just like a big fuck you to them, basically. Because they wanted them to add a new character. They were like, well, this is what we'll do. We'll make an episode parodying what you want us to do. And 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 that That was
1: certainly part of the thing, I think. Part of what happened to The Simpsons in the long run is that it was subversive. Mm -hmm. It was something, I remember my parents wouldn't let me watch it. uh, Like, I think it started when I was in maybe third grade, thereabouts. My parents wouldn't let me watch it until I was a little bit older. And it was kind of, but I see the ads for episodes, like the one where Bart got his little camera and he took a picture Mm -hmm. of his butt. My parents were like, why do you approve of that? I was a little bit older, I got to watch it. It was still, you know, for a kid, uh, it was kind of subversive. And the problem is it's now mainstream and you have shows like South Park and Family Guy, which are more subversive. And I'm sure there's newer ones than that that I'm not uh, thinking of, but sort of like it was the subversive one. And then uh, King of the Hill was sort of the one that went the other way and it said it's gonna be more like it, it took sort of the a much more straightforward, but again, they just have very subtle things going on in that. But that's part of the thing is it's it's it it became mainstream and now it's it's passe. It's just sort of I, I don't it's just not as good now that and and they just have many more sort of cameos where a celebrity will show up, or you'll have a celebrity playing a character, and then it's like, eh. it just seems more. Just trying trying to be like, look, we're having a special event. Bono is going to be here for a hot second. And like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Present in this one, all the cameos they all they all did something.
0: Yeah. The uh, one thing about like The Simpsons in the later episodes is they just bring in, like you were just saying, they just bring in people just basically for publicity. Like there was like the Lady Gaga episode. People say that's the worst episode of all time. I actually think the Elon Musk episode is worse, um, and it's before when they would bring in. They would always have guest stars. The Simpsons has always had guest stars, but they would bring them in and have them play characters that weren't them. You know, like specifically one I can think of is like John Waters playing. Like he played a guy named John, but he wasn't John Waters. He was the he
1: owned the um... yeah. Kitsch store whatever that yeah. was and then homer suddenly was like like he, he didn't know about gay people until yeah he, and he got very confused
0: and uh, like dustin hoffman being the substitute teacher yeah. um, meryl streep was actually jessica lovejoy like they had guest stars all the time that did she didn't come on to play meryl streep you know? we did we did danny devito before oh yeah danny devito or but
1: even uh even as in a case like this, where they bring on guest stars, it's like, well, it's, it's not just sort of, oh, here's who's popular right now. I, mm-hmm. I, people would, have know, w- would know both James Taylor and uh, Buzz Aldrin, but it's not sort of like, oh, these people are suddenly in, in the news and, and all of that. They, they bring them in and they're there for a purpose to sit there. And I mean, I'm sure when they found out they could get Maybe they wrote that they just have somebody perform, and then it turned out they were able to get James Taylor. Yeah, and an that But at the same time, they're sort of like, okay, it's not like, oh, we're going to make the episode's not about those two.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's still just sort of they play a role, and they're like, oh, we can have an actual astronaut, so we'll we'll write in when Buzz Aldrin says, "I was second man on the moon." Second comes right after first, and everyone's <laughs> just quiet. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and then James Taylor, and again, it's it's James Taylor's perfect because. Again, he's he's very laid back, adult contemporary. And says, "I'm not <laughs> as laid back as I seem." And yeah. then everyone is just quiet and listens. It's but yeah, it's, it's all seems very very uh, deliberate and on purpose why they get these cameos. Whereas with some of the newer ones, are just sort of like it's a cameo for the sake of having a cameo. You're like, "Oh hey, Paris Hilton is in this because yeah. she's Paris Hilton." Yeah. Remember
0: Paris Hilton? <laughs> that's that's the joke <laughs> yeah. yeah before they were a lot smarter like they would and they would only bring them in for a quick second like i'm thinking of you know aerosmith in the flaming Moe's episode or like uh the chili peppers in that one episode you change the line to uh <laughs> yeah. hugging and kissing and they're like yeah oh
1: that's but, okay because they just said no we're not going to sell out for anyone
0: and they're oh. like actually that that's much better <laughs>
1: For for sure, and again, I imagine it's probably something where they were like, "We're gonna have a band in here. We're gonna try and get the biggest name we can." And then yeah. when it was Aerosmith, they just bit a, a bit of writing to to make it consistent with we like, go. Hello,
0: Saint Louis,
1: <laughs> Springfield,
0: well, whatever. With the uh, James Taylor thing, apparently, like reading up on it, they they just had people all the time like celebrities wanting to be on the show so they would reach out all the time and then they would just kind of write them into a into a random spot and i'm thinking maybe that's what happened with james taylor in this episode i could see that's where yeah.
1: i could see them going to the writer's room and saying you know we got uh i imagine they have a number of scripts sort of on on the go mm-hmm. and that they sit there and they're like you know james taylor wants to do this and a they're like oh okay we can Put put one in, and it wouldn't surprise me if. Uh, and I don't know whether the same if Buzz Aldrin expressed an interest, and they're like, "Well, let's have Homer go to space." Yeah, and so they're like, "We well, read an episode about Homer going to space," and then they're like, "Is there anyone else we can?" And they're like, "Oh, James Taylor," and I go, "Here's a here's a funny way to put him in because sweet dreams and flying machines laying yeah. pieces on the ground," uh, yeah. and then he, he doesn't he just repeats the verse again. Yeah, dreams and
0: flying machines <laughs> flying safely through the air. Yeah. It is uh... no. I think with the writing process like that, like we were just talking about, it, they'll bring in James Taylor because he like they're like this will be a perfect part for him. And then sometimes I think they'll write a whole episode around a guest. Like uh, I know that when they wrote the Larry Burns episode, like they knew they had Rodney Dangerfield, so they yeah. were like, let's write yeah. this character like Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh, that, of course. That's that's another classic uh episode and get i don't get no regard, no yeah, regard at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just and just at the very end it's like where's all this alcohol coming from i don't know it's a party <laughs> like all yes. oh, the, the lace and the drinks Who okay, cares? the party what, yeah. what is that, which is playing off of uh caddyshack yeah that's what i mean it's, and, it's a party oh when definitely. i go when I go back and I watch all these um, episodes, like I had no idea all of the references to films, you know, because obviously I I was born in 1991, so when I saw these probably like eight for the first time, and I obviously had not seen Caddyshack, and I hadn't, I didn't even know who Rodney Dangerfield was probably, you know. So you really do watching it as like an adult. Or going back, like, get a different respect for the writing of The Simpsons. Right? Oh, for
1: for sure, it was it was incredibly clever, but and they managed to put this cleverness into you know what is a bunch of Lisa aside, the characters don't seem to be terribly in- intelligent, and in some cases, like Homer, are, are uh, extremely dumb.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that he managed to slip all of this this cleverness in there is just uh, fantastic, and all these references. I mean, it's what I didn't realize before. I, I remember looking into the Simpsons before, was that most of the writers for a lot of TV shows are all people who graduate from like Columbia and uh, Princeton and and Harvard. I was quite quite surprised. I'd always assumed that they were just uh, stand ups or. Um, <laughs> other comics but they're like oh no they get people with rather
0: uh fancy degree i think that still happens a bit but i know most of the staff if not all of them on the simpsons have like an amazing degree in in create like in other things besides writing like yeah. Yeah. including conan yeah oh he was i mean they they talk him up like he's a god and i mean he his writing was amazing like everything he did the monorail episode i think probably is one of the best written of all time it it is an an
1: excellent uh, episode and again also has all sort another episode with
0: a ton of great references and uh, apparently he came in the first day and had that episode ready for them like no one else helped him really with the idea or he's just like oh it's my first day at the simpsons here's the monorail like it that's insane (laughs) yeah well he he was destined for for great things and he accomplished most of them well that's like you were saying you uh you thought most of writers rooms would be stand-ups you know i i pretty much thought that too like i thought everybody was uh who was a writer was trying to either become maybe an actor as well or get into the business somehow but (laughs) Uh, with stand-up comedy like i don't i especially now more than ever i don't think stand-up comedy is an end-all be-all for like there's no one makes it as a stand-up comedian and that's it
1: it is uh it is difficult you think of most of the the top stand-ups and they they all do something else yeah
0: whether it's a movie a podcast uh tv show um and just maybe just doing some sponsorship stuff like it's never just stand-up comedy and i've all i've always wanted to get into a writer's room it would it would be even if i wasn't in it would be cool
1: to just be able to watch a a writer it doesn't even have to be uh with someone like jessel nick and and jimmy fallon where if you look at their their respective comedy you're like well there seems to be a mismatch <laughs> yeah. But even even just a regular writer's room or or an, an, an snl or something like that where you're like i want to see them pitch jokes and how the the host or whomever uh, handles all that that would be just an experience to to watch even if i didn't get to participate in it yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, man. We've been talking for over a half hour. This will be a good episode. Uh, I look forward to uh, listening to
1: it. Uh, You're a funny man, Al, and uh, I love uh, geeking out on The Simpsons
0: thank you for listening to another episode of purple monkey dishwasher don't forget to follow the facebook group and post your favorite simpsons memes follow me al badcock at 83 comedy on all social media platforms and follow comedy here often and all of the other podcasts on the network thank you very much for listening